Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the Snowflex Life podcast. I'm super excited that you're here. Um, you, you guys know the drill. Like, share, comment, definitely subscribe. If you, for some reason, can't tune into the entire show tonight, you can always listen to the replay on your favorite podcasting streaming services. But I'm super excited about tonight's guest. You guys have seen her on here numerous times, but it's my best friend before. But we're going to get into an intro right after this. So tell your friends to tell a friend to tune in because this is going to be a good one. Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. intro. So again, I have Sakura Lee, my good friend personally. I know all about her, but I'm sure you don't. So I'm going to let her tell you guys a little bit about herself before we get into the interview. Hi, you guys. My name is Sakura Lee. Um, like Kristen said, we've been best friends uh, since our teen years, and I won't go into age because I don't want anybody to try to guess my age right now. Um, I'm from Grenada, Mississippi. Um, I graduated from Grenada High School, of course. I attended uh, the University of Mississippi. Um, I'm alumni there. Um, I also have attended uh, Harvard Leadership Course. Um, I'm also the CEO and president of Kingdom Center Incorporated, which is a nonprofit organization that you guys will definitely be hearing more information about. Is targeting the underserved communities, uh, satisfying the needs of the poor, and advancing the kingdom of God. Um, I am a single mother. I have a 13-year-old son. Uh, I'm a U.S. Army veteran. I've deployed to Syria. I've deployed to uh, Kuwait. Um, I'm an intelligence analyst, and I'm currently an intelligence analyst for the U.S. government. Um, that's kind of like FBI, CIA type of work. I just study the enemy and um, I assess threats and prevent attacks on our nation. And um, I've been doing that for about six years now. I've contributed to work in 10 nations and four regions of the world. And I think that's about it so far. That is a lot. Um, kind of tell me, how was deployment for you? Oh, wow. So the deployment was definitely a humbling experience. Um, Kuwait was different from uh, Syria. Syria was a hostile zone. Um, so it was more of a hasty setup. Um, yeah, I definitely had some trying times there, but that's what being a soldier is all about. Uh, you know, serving our country and volunteering and doing what others won't, um, or what they can do. And I'm, I'm just uh, grateful to have served and I'm grateful to have been a, uh, to be a soldier and be a veteran and to have that, uh, discipline and that integrity and all that skill set. So shout out to all the people in the military. I think you guys are like the best people ever. You can ask Crispin. I think military men and women can outwork civilians a million times. She no, everybody else though. 
very much a thing. Like, y'all, she thinks we're down here. And if you've been in the army, you up here. <laughs> no, I just, we're just gritty people. You know, we can, um, I mean, it's that 1%. <laughs> I'm telling you, she tells me all the time. I think everybody should be in the military. I do. You would appreciate your country. You would appreciate your country. Uh, you would value like the freedom that we have here. That's one thing I can tell you for sure. Like overseas, a lot of people are not privileged like we are uh, here in America. So guys, do not take that for granted. The freedom that we have here, you guys, is I, I'm I'm blessed. I'm thankful. Yeah, I they just need to start telling us right, but that's a podcast for another day. Yes. <laughs> Happy to be in the land of the free for sure. So, um, you know, she came on the podcast before and told us a little bit about her book. It was a podcast with her and William. We have a comment. So we say a great rundown. Proud of you. Thanks for serving your nation. Timothy Freeman. But yeah, she was on a podcast with William and she talked about the book a little bit, but we're kind of going to go in depth and uh, with some things that are actually in the book. If you don't have it, this is it, The Repair of the Breach. You can shop it on Amazon, um, barnesandnoble.com, pretty much anywhere that you can purchase books. Um, get it on Amazon, you'll get it fast. You can download it on your mobile device right now too. Just saying, if you have an iPhone, it's on iTunes, so. You have no excuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> So have you always been like an avid reader, like growing up where books are your thing? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So in the past, what, maybe three years, I probably read like a, over 100 plus books. So that's over like, I don't know, like over 20 something per year. And uh, I've always been an avid reader. And lately, like with my journey with Christ, I am eating books. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Just taking them here. Yes, I've always been an avid reader. Most definitely. Maggie Baggett. Good evening. Awesome book. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Miss Maggie. Yes, she's so sweet, you guys. So we're just going to get right into it. Um, so for those that missed it the last time, I kind of want you to tell us what was your inspiration behind this book. Did you kind of plan on writing a book or kind of what was it? Okay, so I did not plan to write a book. Um, this book came straight out of my personal uh, relationship with the Lord. Um, it came from a place of just uh, despair, really, and desperation. Um, I mean, for those of you who know my testimony, I've been through a lot, um, more than most people. And um, I just did like an evaluation of my relationship with the Lord to see, you know, what was causing um, hindrances, what was causing me from being, you know, as near to him as I would like to be and seeing the manifestations of his word in my life. Um, that was a really big thing for me because when I, uh, when I had my first visitation from Jesus, it's like when I saw him, I just had the fear of the Lord in a greater measure. And I began to know, like I began to know who I am in him. And I knew him like as my creator, and I just really received that first visitation as an invite, an invite to everything that he offers. Like when he says, you know, 
come up here, come hither, see, ask. Um, I have been doing that for years, but I knew that there were still things that needed to go because I had, you know, so many hindrances in my life. Like, I can't even explain it all in one setting, you guys, but I had a lot of hindrances, a lot of setbacks, a lot of delays. Um, the enemy definitely tormented me. I was tormented in my sleep. I was in spiritual warfare. Um, I was trying to break forth and like just, you know, prosper. And it seemed like the enemy was targeting my life. Like my plans were not coming to pass. Nothing that I did um, came to pass. And I know that, you know, the Lord promised that he will qualify me. He promised that, you know, he had plans to prosper me. And so I just really asked him, you know, God, how do I stop the enemy from having the upper hand? And that's where the came from. Um, I fasted and I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit to walk me through this. And so he just helped me. Uh, and basically he used my skill set as an analyst. I didn't realize it until after. But after I went through the whole process, the Lord was like, publish your journal, publish your journal, publish it. And that's where the book came from. Like he started to even send people because I asked for confirmation. And so he sent people and people were like, um, asking about my book and telling me to publish it. And I'm just like, how do you guys even know? So I knew it was the Lord, you know, using, you know, other people's mouths to confirm that he was telling me to uh, publish what he gave me. And so, yeah, I, I did not plan to write a book. It was already written. Oh, we have a comment. Hi, Miss Jan. Miss Jan Walton, she said two of my favorite women in one podcast. Hi. Be prepared to cry spiritually when reading Sakura Lee's book as you read each page. Oh, wow. It's very touching. And that kind of brings me into my next question to tell us about the book. Well, those of us that haven't read it. Okay, so overall, um, the heart of the book is repentance. Um, you know, the blood of Jesus is for the remission of sins. So at its core, um, we want to apply the blood of Jesus to our life to remove the legalities of the enemy. Like the enemy has no final say, like he's already defeated. He's defeated in heaven. He's defeated on earth. And Jesus even took the, you know, the keys to hell, like he's defeated all around. And so that's the purpose is to break the bands of wickedness, to uh, let the oppressed go free. It's, it's pretty much like Isaiah 58. That's where it comes from, Isaiah 58 and uh, 12. Just total breakthrough through the blood of Jesus and removing the legalities of the enemy. Most definitely. Um, speaking of the enemy, that kind of stood out in one of the chapters of the book. If you guys have read it, this chapter is entitled Evaluate Threat. Um, you can find it on page 52 if you have your book handy, because we're going to kind of go through the book. So if you got it, pull it out. <laughs> So um, one thing that I highlighted on this page, well, within this chapter, was how you said the enemy is not allowed to do anything God does not permit. And you kind of just said that um, people blame the evil occurrences in the world on God, but it's not God's fault. And I like I read a lot of news comments, like on social media. I'm all in the comments of the news posts because they're very controversial. And I have I've been seeing a lot of people like saying that COVID was a way of God punishing the earth, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
So kind of what's your thought on that? Do you see that as a threat from the enemy, like Satan trying to get our attention or God trying to tell us like, hey, you better shape up before you ship out? So here's, so here's the thing about it. Like, you know, in the book of Job, you know, <laughs> we'll use it as an example. Job was pretty much, you know, God was like, the enemy was looking for somebody to take out. And God said, have you considered my servant Job. So once again, the enemy was not allowed to just go in, you know, automatically because he didn't have that legal right. Like that legal right wasn't there until God told Satan, you know, go go try Job. Just don't put your hands on his life. Don't take his life. So that's how um, I look at the situation with COVID. Now, is God the creator of all things? Yes. So he created everything that exists. The enemy is not you know, creating the diseases, but he is the one that brings it upon people. The enemy is the accuser. He's the oppressor. He's the wicked one. And the thing is, the world is already judged. Um, that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like the world has been judged. Satan has been judged. Jezebel has been judged. So all these things that bring on like infirmities and diseases, they have already been judged. And that's what's so good about the blood of Jesus, because when we apply the blood of Jesus. It brings our justification through Christ. So with COVID, I do see that the enemy, you know, unleashed. This was like a global thing here. That's what people need to realize. It was a global attack. So that means that it's time for the body of Christ to realize who we are. We need to know our identity. We need to know how the enemy um, fights. So that we know how to pray, so that we know how to apply the blood of Jesus Christ, so that we know how to, um, you know, just use all the weapons that God has given us. Because God said that we have everything that we need for life and godliness. God said during a time of famine, his people shall be satisfied. So when I look at myself and, you know, my family and, and just people who are who are uh, in Christ. I'm going to be honest, you know, yeah, a lot of people died during COVID. A lot of things happened. I even lost my brother last year, but I know he's in heaven. But overall, God kept his people. He provided a way in some, you know, in some aspect, whether it was, you know, providing money for people who couldn't pay their bills or providing food or just, you know, you if you didn't get sick, God covered you. So that's grace. That's mercy. Um, COVID is definitely not from God. And I don't like it either, Kristen, when I hear people say this is a God thing and God is in control. Yeah, God does allow judgment to come. But when God allows judgment to come, he's still gracious and merciful because he's giving you the space to repent. So if you live through COVID, you still have time to repent for whatever you believe brought, you know, COVID about. So that's my take on it. <laughs> I know it was kind of long, but now I love it. It kind of put it in perspective here. And another thing you said was um, another tactic the enemy uses is deception and accusation, um, which is so true. The devil can definitely be deceiving and cause you to kind of point the finger at other things than just taking accountability for what it is. Um, I know I've been through a lot of things in my life and it's easy for, for someone to get upset with God. Like I, I can see it. I could see how you would want to, but at the end of the day, you need to look at like, is this my test? 
Um, am I going to pass or fail? Like really what's going on in my life? So um, you also said Satan's tactics, techniques, and procedures include temptation, accusations, deception, and distortion. Can you kind of, and you said that he cast doubt, fear, hopelessness upon man in order to bring a wedge between the truth of God and man. Wow. Yeah. So what page are you on, Chris? That's 56. That was the very last Okay. Time. Okay. That's where I'm at. I'm like, okay. So, uh, yeah, basically, I did a study on the enemy, just like I would do a study on the enemy in the natural. So I went to every time that I could see, like in the Bible, where Satan, you know, tempted Jesus in the wilderness, where even in the Old Testament, you know, with, with Adam and Eve and um, just, you know, Cain and Abel and um, even beyond that, like with David, like God told David not to count the people, but Satan influenced him to count, you know, to count the Israelites anyway. And so, yeah, that's what I saw. I saw um, the enemy. He definitely uh, he finds whatever weakness you have. And it just depends on, you know, it's, it's specific to the person. That's why this thing is a journey. We all have to walk, walk it out, you know, for ourselves, because what could deceive me may not deceive you. You may see it as clear as day. But if I have a predisposed weakness, then the enemy may have the upper hand in that area. So, yeah, I just did like a thorough study of every time I saw the enemy, you know, rearing his head, you know, how he influenced people. Because that's what it means to be oppressed or to be influenced. You know, people have a debate on whether or not people can be like possessed by a demon or, you know, so forth, whatever. But like, it's, it's the impression that the enemy makes upon people to make them um, have like a war in their mind. And that's where the deception comes from. Like whenever your view gets distorted and the only way to counter that is to know truth. And you have to know the word of God. The word of God is going to be the first step. That's how you identify, you know, all of the enemy's tactics. What doesn't look like what God promised? Like it is very simple. You know, people can debate all all day, but God said, you know, his word won't pass away. Like heaven and earth will pass away, but his word is forever established in the heavens. So as long as we agree with the word and we're um, looking at the total word of God as the inerrant word of God, like without, you know, without error. And we just take that into account. That is how we can see the enemy's tactics and, you know, see how he's moving or how he's trying to move. <laughs> he's definitely trying, that's for sure. Um, and speaking of like, I'm not trying to cut you off, friend, but like, yeah, like when you see, you made a comment about, you know, people get mad at God. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I definitely have. Like, you know, when I was a kid and my mom um, died in a house fire, I was not only, you know, mad with God, I was angry with my family. Like I was trying to figure out who allowed this to happen. Like, you know, I was angry with my family. I was angry with God myself because I didn't grow up with my biological father. Like I didn't have that. My mom was like my mom and my dad. And, you know, I was going to the cell. So like I was every time I went through a crisis or anything, my mom was like my supporter. She was the one who affirmed me in life. And so I've definitely had a lot of times where I've been like, what is this God? Like, I'm not going to even lie. Even as an adult, 
I, I mean, now I, I know that God is sovereign. So I, 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 you know, now I address him as a king because I know how to come to God, you know, put some respect on his name. But like younger, when I was younger, I was definitely, you know, at that point where I'm just like rebelling and just angry and, and not understanding why me. It's easy to hear, and it's also easy to kind of question about it, kind of like, why is this happening to me? Like, God, where are you throughout, throughout all of this? Why am I going through this thing? Like, my life isn't what it, what I thought it was going to be in my head. So kind of what we can say to someone that's kind of questioning that, like, questioning why God is allowing certain things to happen to them, and how can they kind of come out of that? Okay, so I've asked that question my whole life. I just want you to know that um, like whoever is asking that question right now, um, I've asked that my whole life. I've wondered, you know, why couldn't I have, you know, finished school with high honors, high marks? Why could I have not gone to Duke University like I planned? Why could I have not attended Harvard Law School like I planned? Why could I have not, you know, been married and and, you know, then have kids? I've asked that my whole life. Um, so I would say to that person, uh, if you are at that point where you're asking God why, um, you need to dialogue with him on a more intimate level and just say, God, what are your plans for me? What are your thoughts for me? Because what you're thinking may not be what God thinks about you. Because what I was thinking would be, you know, the idea like for me, God has a completely different plan. And, you know, even now, I'm not going to say it scares me, but it's it's big, like it's bigger than I can even imagine. And I'm OK with that because I trust God. But, you know, it, it led me to try to figure out things on my own. Like I tried to do different things and it led to me being in the streets and trying drugs and just being here and there, being homeless, being with this person, that person. It led me to being all over the place in chaos in misery, not having peace, like I was lacking in every area where God wanted me to have the fruit of the spirit. And so if you see that is happening in your life, I would definitely uh, say that's a time for you to cry out to God. You don't have to have a formula. You don't have to have anybody to pray. I'm not going to say, you know, you don't want to have a prayer partner because that's good, but you don't have to have that. God likes for you to just break down, just like you're talking to your best friend. He likes for you to see him as your best friend every once in a while and just cry to him and just say, God, I don't know what is happening. I don't know why this is happening. And God says that he gives wisdom. He He wants you to have understanding. He said, if you call upon me, I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. So apparently, if you're asking why, you're missing your own purpose and your own identity. So you want to go to him and ask him, you know, God, you said this. Where, where is it? You know, how do I how do I get to this point? I don't see the fruit of the spirit in my life. I don't see love. I don't see joy. Like you promised this guy and he's going to start manifesting himself and he's going to answer. You just have to be prepared for when he answers because it may not be what you think is going to be. That's the one. <laughs> that is so true. Like I'm Learn myself that when you ask God for something or you ask Him to reveal something, you better be prepared for it because it might not even be what you think, what you want. 
but you ask and you have to realize who you're asking. He's greater mm -hmm. than all things, way smarter than you and I could ever be. So you definitely have to trust him and trust his answers on that. Um, I do kind of want to back up. Okay. I'm on page 51. And in this chapter, tough, well, the name of it is described the environmental effects of operations. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll let you guys read it on your own, but on page 51, you talk about repentance. And it says, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal patterns and cycles. Holy Spirit knows everything and he will reveal the truth. Repent of personal sins committed knowingly or unknowingly to include sins in your bloodline. Close the breach, break all ties, agreements, and covenants with Dominic demonic powers forgive me you guys they came as a result from the traumatic events that you've encountered in life um, mm -hmm. in the first sentence that comes out of me the repent of personal sins committed knowingly and unknowingly and you know the bible kind of talks about um to not know that you're sinning well to know that you're sinning is worse than not knowing that you're sinning and actually mm -hmm. And we've all committed sins. I know I have. Um, I'm not perfect at all. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things in my life that, you know, that I've done that I've asked God for repentance from. But what, what do you say to a person that may be struggling and feeling like God, you know, you've asked for repentance, but it just keeps irking you. And you just keep asking and asking and asking, like, are we asking for time and just putting in the hands of God? Or should we act every time that we feel like there's all or feeling come upon us? Okay, so here's the thing. Once we get saved, we all have the Holy Spirit in us. So when I say ask the Holy Spirit, um, you always want to check with him. Um, because deliverance and even, you know, your freedom and liberty it can come in a measure. I know that sounds, you know, bad, but um, it, it comes like in a measure. And I'll give you my, my own personal take right now. This, I don't think this is in the book, but I'm telling you anyway. So I broke soul ties and I repented for the sin that caused a soul tie, which for that particular soul tie, it was fornication. So I, you know, repented for the sin, and I, I followed the proper steps, apply the blood of Jesus, you know, ask the Lord to fill that void in my soul, in my heart. Well, this is probably I don't it's been probably over five years now. And I'm just now getting total freedom from that soul tie. If that makes any sense, even with healing, with deliverance, there is not always an instantaneous freedom. So every time the Lord, you know, if the Holy, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts, it's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Now, if the enemy is tormenting you, that is condemnation. So if you keep getting this really, really bad thought where it's just like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, I can't believe I did this. And it's like, you know, and it's like, you know, kind of on your nerves. That's the enemy. You need to take control of that because God has forgiven you. But if the Holy Spirit is bringing it up, like, hey, you know, I need you to repent for this. Hey, I need you to renounce mm -hmm. that. You just have to keep, you know, humble yourself. Stay humble. If he brings it up, just go ahead and ask for forgiveness again. And if he, if, you know, if, if he brings it up more than once, I would say, Lord, what is it 
that I didn't address the first time that I needed to. And, and he'll he'll reveal it to you because God wants you to be free. That's why he gave his only son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to be free. And um, there are things that you have to contend for spiritually. And I think that's the thing about Christianity. A lot of people believe that once they get saved, they are in God's graces their whole life. And I mean, if you reject God, he'll end up rejecting you. So you don't want to go like out of hand with that belief. Um, which that's kind of deception, but I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm going to stay on topic. But yeah, whenever the Holy Spirit brings, you know, a point for you to repent for to your remembrance, you want to repent because he could be covering you from an attack. He could be warning, you know, it could be a warning to go ahead and and apply the blood of Jesus because the enemy will try to test you again in whatever you get delivered from. So you just might as well be ready. Like once you repent, and you get delivered. That's that's the thing about opening your eyes, you know, knowing the tactics of the enemy, knowing what your weaknesses are so that when it comes around again, you don't end up worse than the time before. So, yeah, I would I would definitely say, like, don't get frustrated. Just get to the root. Ask God to lay the, the axe to the root of the tree. Because that's what he wants to do. Like, you know, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it was because it didn't produce fruit. He cursed that tree to the root and it didn't produce it withered like the whole thing withered. And so that's what he wants to do, you know, for us. Apply the blood of Jesus and God will God will cover you like he's going to wash it away. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't tell them don't worry, don't be worried about it because there is a measure like even for healing. I've seen healing in my own body take like over a decade. So you have to be faithful. You have to be humble and you have to keep seeking the Lord. And eventually, you know, you'll be totally free. Kind of tell us some of your key points in the book that you kind of want us to zone in on and we can kind of talk about. Oh, that's so great because you pick um, some very good topics. I would just add in. you know, make sure for, for you guys, if you are not uh, aware of the tactics, the techniques and the procedures of the enemy, I would definitely look at the intelligence uh, collection on the enemy because you can't fight something that you don't know about. So you want to know, like, OK, how did Satan get put on Earth? Like, how did he get kicked out of heaven? Because he has already been in heaven and we are waiting to go to heaven. So that's the type of enemy you're fighting. He's seen already what you are looking to see, like th- that final glory. He's already, you know, seen that before you. So you want to be aware of who your enemy is, first and foremost. Kristen, you picked out some really good points because I had something like completely, <laughs> I had something completely different. But you, you captured like the heart of the book right there. Yeah, what's yeah. Really um, I kind of read it slowly and just trying to take notes as I go. Um, and I really do like you guys in her book. She has areas that honestly you will have to hold yourself accountable. Um, yes. Like here, there are pages where you can write down like the answer to some questions that she gives you. Honestly, it's kind of like self reflection. And helping you get closer 
to God and help you to kind of close that breach mm -hmm. <laughs> in your life from where you are being and now. So kind of what, what's some of your, do you have any other favorite parts of the book that you want to discuss? I do, but I'm going to like add in a little bit more, just a little bit longer on like, um, you know, the, the steps of, you know, how, how do you approach this book? Well, you want to approach it with an open heart to the Lord. So you want to just ask God to go ahead and like soften your heart to hear his instructions, to hear what he's saying. You know, don't condemn yourself whenever the Holy Spirit, you know, reveals something. Because when the when the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I practice witchcraft, um, I used to do numerology and I practiced the law of attraction. And so when he revealed that to me, I'm talking, I was bawling. Cause I couldn't believe I was like, I know I'm not a witch. You know, I didn't, I didn't do that intentionally. Like it wasn't something that I intentionally did. So you want to approach this with humility and you also want to go ahead and like think like an Eagle, because you're going to have to look at this from an aerial view. You're going to have to go above your own life and ask the Holy spirit to, uh, to show you and reveal those patterns and cycles. And uh, it's good that we have the word of God because he's the measure and the standard. You know, sometimes people, um, man, or, you know, they'll make their own doctrine as to what's sin or, you know, what's wrong. You don't want to fall into a spirit of religion where people are like, oh, women can't wear pants or because God didn't say that. So you want to make sure you use the word of God. But yeah, OK, now back to my favorite parts. My Before we do that, I want to go back. To where you spoke about um people practicing witchcraft yeah. it's not funny but honestly like i don't know how i got in this group on facebook i'm not gonna say the name of it but anyway mm -hmm. somehow i was in this group and they talk about that a lot in there and i honestly didn't even know that was a thing that people were really out here practicing like for real practicing but they are and this one girl made a post the other day which i ended up having to get out, out the group after this because mm -hmm. usually I would talk about some business stuff and some mom stuff that's funny. But this just kind of took the cake for me. The girl was saying that um, her ex, or I think it was her baby's father, had passed away a couple of days ago. And she was like, I want you ladies to teach me how I can um, talk to him because I'm just not at peace with him being gone. And people were commenting, kind of telling her stuff to do. And some people were like, don't dabble in it because, you know, you're new and you don't want to open up some spirits and realms that you aren't, you know, accustomed to. So... I don't know. It just really shocked me that people are real like out here doing that, but apparently it's a thing. And so I'm gonna tell you how that happens. That happens to people who are what when people say that they're spiritual or they say that um they know things, because that's how that's how I ended up getting involved in stuff. Mind you, I was a Christian while I was practicing. Uh, the law of attraction while I was practicing numerology, while I was reading people's minds, like I could be around a group of people and I would read their I would read their minds. I would discern things about them and I would feel safe. So people like that, God wired them like that.
but he wired them like that for his glory. And what happens is the enemy uses that um, to pervert it. And that's that's one thing that um, that's why it took so long for me to get delivered from the spirit of perversion, because I started witchcraft at a young age because I could. I don't want to tell how or anything like that, but like I just knew things. I knew things about people. I would see things um, and, and I was always spiritually open because God wired me like that, but it was for him. And so that's how people in, end up, you know, dabbling in it. And some of them don't even know that what they're doing is demonic because sometimes, you know, the enemy comes as an angel of light. And sometimes the things that they're talking to, the spirit guides or, you know, what have you, they're giving them real information. Like, yeah, that happened. Or yeah, that's going on. And so they think it's like, okay. And they think, you know, God wants them to do that, but really it's the enemy perverting the way that God wired them. And it causes them to be in perversion. Cause I used to do that too, where I would, I would sleep a lot to talk to Jamal or like to, you know, to see him and stuff like that. So yeah, that all that is perversion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's another, to... I don't want to say, I no, I'm going to say it. So Clubhouse, y'all, I really, I liked it. I was very excited about it. And I saw the witches recruiting more than Christians. Kid you not. They would do psychic readings. They would tell people to hop on and um, they were going to do numerology on them. And I know that some of them believe that they're Christians because they talk about God, you know, so they got to be Christian. Right. But they're actually actively recruiting. And whenever you see people like that and you get influenced by them, then you open yourself up to the demonic right off. Like even the inquiry and putting yourself out there, you open yourself up to the enemy. I do not like to see the enemy uh, recruiting people. Absolutely, I don't like it. Oh, they do. That's me. Because that group I was in, it had like over 50,000 people in it. And I'll just tell y'all, the group is called Black Girls Guys of Self-Love. And, you know, hence the name, you wouldn't think that it had anything to do with witchcraft. But that's all you would see in there. And people were like, you know, he's going to come talk to you when he's ready. You can't force it. He may come talk to you through your kids. And <laughs> it was just a lot. And that's like to a, um amateur believer yeah. or amateur Christian. I could see how people could fall for that and kind of get mixed up and intertwined and things that they shouldn't. But I'm glad you brought that up because people need to be aware of what's yeah. going on. But I was an immature Christian, Crispin. Like when I did that, I was probably like 24, 25 when I was practicing it. So I thought that I was, you know, pure. I really did. So I just want, if anybody has practiced that, I just want you to know that God loves you and he has something mm -hmm. so special for your life. And the reason why you're able to communicate spiritually with the spiritual realm is because God wants you to be wired like that for him. I'm telling you, if, if you see demons, you can see angels. If you can talk to the demonic, you can talk to the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking like God, Jesus is more real than any 
devil or any demon or any he is more real i'm telling you like if you ever encounter jesus while you're on earth your bones will know that that is your creator so if you're wired you know to be open spiritually just give that glory to god and speaking of that my favorite part of the book is um it's actually the first page like page five the preface um where it talks about i'll just read part of it it says i saw jesus walking in the garden he was dressed in a long white robe and he was radiant beaming with glory I remember his rich hair and his beautiful fiery eyes. His look was commanding and loving simultaneously. He looked over his right shoulder and said, follow me without parting his lips. He kept walking through the garden. Then I saw myself. So I wanted to open that up because Jesus has torn the veil. Like there was a, a reason why I put the encounter with Jesus at the beginning. Is for those people that are wired like that spiritually. Give that glory to God. And um, I wanted people to be able to step inside of an encounter with Jesus, you know, because God is no respecter of person. So what he has done for me, I believe that he'll do it for others. Um, when I saw Jesus, when he invited me to follow him, I was so stuck on like how his whole body spoke and like he didn't say anything like I just knew you know like he just looked back and I heard him say follow me but his lips was just like his mouth was still closed and it was the brightest brightest person I've ever seen like he's brighter than the sun he's like I can't even explain can't even explain it but I just wanted everybody to like step into that, into that encounter and into that moment because Jesus has torn the veil. And he said that, um, you know, he's invited us to have a relationship with the father through him. And the word of God says that eternal life is to know God and to know the one he sent. And when you really encounter Jesus, now every, I'm not saying everybody's going to see Jesus. If you don't, that's okay because he said, blessed, is those, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So, I mean, you're still blessed anyway. So don't, don't, you know, think anything negative if you don't see him. But like <laughs> to have that, that veil torn and to have that relationship, that, me, that let me know that God was inviting me to eternal life now. And that's why I put that at the beginning of the book, because a lot of people think that we are waiting to go to heaven. Like they think we're just on earth enduring, that we're supposed to deal with this, that we're supposed to be stuck in like misery and chaos. And, oh, this is just the end times. This is supposed to happen. This is going to be this way. God has rest for his people. He every every promise, you know, he has glory for his people. And the glory of God is where he's God and we are his people. And he provides for us and he loves us and he cares for us. And, you know, I just wanted people to really step into that. And that was that was a very dear moment um, to my heart. And it was kind of like my way of saying thank you to the Lord for even giving me uh, th this task to publish this work. Because God is entrusting me with the people who read it. And, and that's 
I, I'm just humble. You know, it, it makes me uh, fear the Lord even more. It makes me uh, exalt Jesus all the more. And everything that God has done for me, I want people to step into that because I've seen some heavenly things. I, I really have. And I know that there's more. And so for everybody that God has given me to speak into their life at all, I am humble. And I just I want you to know that I'm praying for you and with you. Um, even if you don't ever talk to me, don't worry about that, because God has his way of, of having, you know, us to pray with people. And so I just really wanted people to step into that encounter. And that's like my favorite part is that preface. Right into it. Yeah, I just want you guys to step right in it. And um, I have another part. Let me see. Okay, so where is it? The part about generational curses. Oh, that's good. We just left. <laughs> if you guys haven't checked out her YouTube videos, make sure you definitely go do that. Yeah. While she looks for that, I'll kind of pull up the YouTube channel here. This is it. You can find her, Sakura Lee. Make sure you subscribe. Um, but she definitely posts this great content on here. Um, this video, the test my testimony from Death in the Streets to Glory and Mercy Seat is really, really good. I encourage everybody to go on there and definitely take a look and kind of see what that's about. Um, do you want me to play a little bit of it? Sure, go ahead. Let's see. <laughs> While I was being smoked, <laughs> while I was being smoked, I would uh, quote scriptures while I was standing at the position of attention for an hour or whatever time my drill started. <laughs> or for however, anybody who's in the military, I know you know why I'm laughing right now because I'm thinking I'm having flashbacks and basic training and all this. <laughs> And so while all these things are uh, going on, I'm always saying scripture, I'm always praying. No, I wasn't 100% uh, clean then, but that's that's the process of deliverance. That's what the Holy Spirit uh, does. That's that's what he's that's what he does. He he's here to guide us. Jesus gave him to us as our counsel. He's the one who uh, is is with us here right now. Um, you know, as we abide in the word of God, he abides in us. The father said, Jesus said that he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And that has been a, that I have prayed for many years now. And the Lord has manifested himself to me many times over and over and over and over and in different ways. Not always the same way, because God is multifaceted. Like, he's a great God. So he's manifested in many different ways. And so I would quote those scriptures. Like, every time I deployed, whenever I went to annual training, whenever I went to uh, even just drill, getting away from the, the regular activities of life and, like, the interruptions that we can have some days in the military, 
you know what you're going to do every day. Like when you get up, you have a formation that's already set at a certain time. You know what time you're going to lunch. You probably know what they're going to give you at lunch that day. So everything is laid out in the military. So I use every time that I was deployed or away as a way to draw near unto God and to seek the Lord. That was going very well. School was going well. So finally, it comes time for me to have my final year of classes at the university. Mm -hmm. And I was very excited about it because I wanted to um, enter the ROTC program because it, it would have been great to do that. And so I start getting my uh, financial things together for school. And I learned that I don't have the finances to go to school anymore because I spent about eight years in and out of school. Um, of course, the scholarships that I had from Southern Miss, they were lost because you can't uh, have like a certain GPA and still, you know, keep those things active. And when I dropped out, I didn't hurt my grades for a year. I didn't have the funds to go back to school anymore. And that was absolutely mm. crushing because I did it right. I did it the right way, right? I joined the military in school. I was disciplined. I was doing all these things. I, 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 I. See where I'm going here? I was doing it in my own strength. And so when I came to that point of not being able to go to school, I came back to God and I said, okay, God, I'm humbling myself before you. And I thought I knew what it meant to humble myself. I thought mm. humbling myself unto the Lord means that I just, you know, come to him and I bow down and I say, you're God. And, you know, <laughs> and I had no idea what that humbling process would be like. I'm so thankful that it happened. I'm very thankful because we are a driven generation. We love to be successful and move forward and do all these great things. And then we love to move on and do more great things, but it's in our own strength. And so when I wasn't able to go to school, I kind of didn't know what to say because people were like, hey, so where are you going after this? What are you doing after this? Where do you see yourself in five years? And I wish that I had the answer for them, but I knew at that point in my life, God was bringing me. I had experienced it before all throughout my life where I would go off and do things and God would have to reel me back in because I would get too far off mm -hmm. in my own strength. And that's what was happening. So powerful. Wow. I definitely, if you guys want to watch that entire video, you can find that hey. on YouTube. Set aside I had to tell it all. popcorn and all that. <laughs> I had to tell it all. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's very powerful. Um, I wanted to do a one and done. Just say it all. Here it is. I was being obedient to the Lord, like, because I did not want to post my testimony and um, you know, God instructed me to, and I did. And so there y'all go. There you go. It's definitely I like how you mentioned before that you just have to humble yourself and because what you don't want is for God to humble you. Right? 
You want to do it before God Yeah, so the word of God does say that it says to humble yourself. So things will just keep happening. God's like, okay, you know, it's like a father. He's looking like, oh, okay, he ain't ready yet. Uh, oh, okay, she's not done yet. Uh, okay, okay, I, they'll be back. Like, you know, they're going to get enough of that. I'm telling you, I have to go to the point where God humble me. And it wasn't fun. Like, I'm still experiencing it now. But, like, I remember a point where I would look look down on certain people. And it was such an ugly characteristic to have. But I would just mm-hmm. saying that I would never do this or I would never be in that position or I would never, 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 never. I would never, I would never. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I did. <laughs> So, like, the words that I was putting out there, like, God made me eat them. So You were sowing it. And that's the thing. You eat the fruit of your lips. Yeah. You eat the fruit of your lips. So, if you want what God says, you need to say what God said. <laughs> and that's it. Even if, you know, that person may be a gossip, but it's not for you to tell people, you know, pray for them. But you need to say what God is saying because that's, that's the seed right there, Kristen. That'll preach. That's a seed. Your word is the seed. <laughs> so just say what God say. That time was yeah. I was judging and like the things I was judging, I ended up doing. And I was like, oh, you were God. measured by it. it. The word says that. It says whatever. It says whatever measure you meet, it will be given unto you. So yeah. you, you, God. That's the thing, y'all. That is how legalities work. Okay, God is faithful. He is fair. He is sovereign. He can't lie. And so if you are sowing into things that reap a bad, you know, seed, that's what you're going to get because the word says it. So that's it. That's yeah, it's good. That is so good. That is good by itself. Right? If nobody heard anything else, those last two minutes can save your life. Most definitely, tongue is a powerful weapon. Yeah, you you have to watch what comes out of your mouth, what you say about people, and just know it will come back on you. Yeah, and know that God loves that person too. Like you may hate their guts, you may think that they that they are lower than low, that they are trashy, that they are this and that, but you don't know. You don't know what's in that person. I mean, you better look at the word of God, look at Jacob and, and him becoming Israel. You know, just, I mean, really just look at it. People said that he was a trickster. You know, they talked about him and he ended up being the bloodline of our Messiah. God prepared <laughs> in front of his enemies. He sure <laughs> did. And it's forever. And it was forever standing because God's word will never go away. Never. Ever. No. So my fa- another one of my favorite parts, I think I was talking about the generational curses section. So actually, it's a few pages. So I won't read all these pages, but I'll just kind of like talk about them. So like from page 27 into 35, okay, that whole uh, thing, all that stuff I wrote right there, that is new for me. Like Jesus gave me that. Like that is completely new. So I went through the word of God and like the beginning about the generational curses, like what is a generational curse and stuff like that. Okay, I understood that already. But when it talks about the Moabites and Jezebel and the Zidonians, 
Y'all, I never understood that. I used to always think, you know, the genealogy isn't important. The ethnicity isn't important. The location, the geographical locations, I thought they weren't important. But God is not wasteful. And like what he was saying was with the people like the Moabs and the Moabites and the Zidonians, he was showing us what the iniquity is. So iniquity, sin, transgressions, trespasses, they are all different things. So like iniquity is like, you know, your great, great, great grandfather did it. So then it came down like five generations. That means that that whole family has a bend to do things, you know, a certain way. Like if he was a drunk, that means that the whole bloodline, you know, has that bend to be drunk, like to be a drunkard. And, you know, a sin is just you missing the mark. It's, you know, it's not it's not that deep rooted thing. And so the Lord was just showing me how these different uh, groups of people had deep rooted sin. And I got to see like, you know, the Moab, the Moab served like, you know, false idol gods. And that's how he taught me about like the different the demonic things like you know, Belle Peor and just Jezebel's roots with like all of the, the demonic and how it came from her father's. And I got to see all that. And then he showed me something so beautiful with Ruth and Boaz. Like I've never looked at Boaz as being uh, symbolic of Jesus. And when Jesus revealed that to me, he basically revealed it and said that like, you know, a lot of people look at it. Well, he didn't say what a lot of people look at it as. That's how I broke it down afterwards. When he told me what Ruth and Boaz was about, it was basically Jesus as Boaz getting his bride. So Ruth is the Gentiles, right? She wasn't born a Jew. So she was already, you know, supposed to be one of the ones that salvation wasn't for. Nevertheless, you know, her mom Naomi was like, well, mother-in-law wasn't, you know, her birth mother, but like her mother-in-law was already a Jew. So because she married into that bloodline, the Gentile got to take on the same God as the Jew. And so there you have it, the Jew and the Gentile being saved by the Messiah, Jesus. It was already foretold. That's why the word of God says, let him who has an ear hear. So we can't hear on our own. We have to like, you know, constantly lead to the Holy Spirit. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, speak the word, to allow us um, to have that understanding and that insight. And God honors that. And like, he'll give you mysteries. Like he'll reveal secrets like that to you. Cause I never in my life heard that Boaz was symbolic of Jesus. Like I thought I had wrote a new thing. I would think I told you I was gonna write a devotional. Cause I was like, Jesus told me something new. I've never seen this anywhere. And I got on with the Bible app and like I saw a lot of people who were Jews. They already knew this, but I had <laughs> never heard of it. So that just when Jesus did that to me, that blew my mind. I was like, I have never heard of this. That's why they say ladies leave your bow girl and get you a bow at. <laughs> <laughs> No, bro, that's amazing. I definitely love it. <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, those are like my favorite parts. And actually, I was going to put that part about the redemption, you know, the redemption by the nearest kinsman. I was going to put that in, a, in my other book. 
So I had to cut this one off because even though this book is small, you guys, there are so many gems. It's like you have to break it down by line. Like you, you can't. <laughs> it's small, but it's heavy. Yes, that's why I cut it short because like it's a lot. Because first of all, I know I would want to say, okay, well, what's the what's what does the Bible say about this? Like, you know, what does God say about this first? I would have to know that for myself. So I mean, it's small for a reason because you can't just fly through this and say, oh, okay, that was a good book. So Cora didn't write this, okay? I want you to know that the Holy Spirit gave you this. And that's like with my other books, they are already written. Like it's up to me to break it down. And that's how God, that's what God does with me. Like whatever he's doing in my life, it's already written. It's already established. It's just up to me to like break out the part, like to break it down. And that's the only thing I did with this book. I just broke it down. What? I can't read it. Uh, even if you have to read a page today, just get through it. <laughs> it won't take you all. It'll take you 100 plus days, but you'll get there. <laughs> as long as you're doing something. Um, so that's amazing. And we did kind of have some other comments here. Yeah. That I miss fabulous how she leveraged her critical intelligence slash analysis skills and faith. Yes. Most glory to God on that. Cause I y'all, when I wrote this book, I didn't even think about that. Okay. All I knew was the enemy was still hindering me. Like I was still in my hometown. I still couldn't get a job. Highly qualified. I'm not, I, I would never brag on myself, but I had worked with different agencies while I was deployed. And I was like, okay, I have the expertise. I have the skill set now and nothing was moving. And so I just started crying out to God and glory to him. Cause if y'all knew my life today, like right now, like my personal, my personal, I, I can't even explain it. If I could bring y'all in my house and show you, and you just walk around, be a fly on the wall, and, and saw what I was in years ago, you would be, you praise God. Most definitely. You praise God. It's amazing how God can transform us, but he has the power to do so. You just have to open up and let him in. Yes. Now, so many, so often people think that they can do it themselves. Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get me like first and then I'm going to go to God, but that's not how it works. Like, I'll never forget, I was um, dating this one guy and I was trying to get him to go to church with me. And he was like, Well, I'm not right with myself. I got to get myself right first before. You don't want to go to church with David. <laughs> but people really do have that preconceived notion that yeah. you have to be all the way right before you can have a relationship with God. And that's like so backwards. Yeah, because, y'all, I was filthy. I was filthy beyond what I even thought. Like, Kristen knows I was savage. I was ratchet, whatever. Uh, I was just filthy. Like, it was bad. It was bad. I didn't like people. I didn't like kids. And I'm talking about it was a hatred. And um, I went to God with it because I kept getting put in those situations where I was face down. Like people were taken out of my life. I would end up in the most traumatic situations to come out of the streets. Like my spirit came out of my body one time 
And you know, people talk about like sleep paralysis and stuff. Well, when that happened, I was like screaming Jesus. <laughs> you know, like he knows, he knows how to how to reel us back in, how to get our attention. We just have to be sensitive to hear. But like, yeah, a lot of people do have that misconception that they need to be clean first. You can't clean you. I didn't clean me. Only only the Holy Spirit could do the work and only Jesus could, you know, heal my heart and bind up my wounds. I, I could never do that. Even I, I can't go to the depths of my heart. I can't I can't divide between my soul and my spirit. But the Holy Spirit can. The word of God can. It's the word of God that sanctifies. So if you don't do anything else, you start with the word because. I used to when I when I knew that things were wrong in my life, I think it was it's been over seven years now. And y'all can ask my old, you know, my previous pastor and uh, first lady. Um, I had a journal and I would literally write down the word of God. I would write down the definition to the words because I just wanted to know God. And so I went through the whole Bible, just, you know, just getting an understanding of the word with my mind. Okay. So after, after I did that, God did me one better and he started showing me the word of God in my spirit. He quickened my spirit. So I would say for those people who want to draw near to God, because there are some people listening right now, they just want to know how to break through. So you read the word of God. And then when you read the word of God, you pray the word of God. Okay. Open your mouth and pray Psalms 91. Pray, um, you know, Psalms 51, Psalms 54, Isaiah 60, Revelation 4. Um, pray it as if it's for you. God wrote it for you. You pray it back to him. And when you pray the word, you begin to praise God for his word because he's good. And your spirit man knows that he's going to fulfill the word. So you start praising him, right? Well, when you praise him, all of a sudden you get crushed in the inside and you start to worship him because he's just too good for you. And so it's like you face God and you start adoring him in the spirit. That's what worship is. It's like a kiss to God. So you start to like, you know, be intimate with the Lord. and You're worshiping him. And then after you worship him, the glory comes. And they say, you know, you're in rest and God is changing your whole life. Not 360, but 180, because you're not going back. Just like in the in the book of Revelation, how it says people came in at the north gate, left at the south. The reason why they didn't go back out of the gate that they came in was because they didn't go the same way. They had to, they went straightway. And that, that's how it is. I don't want to preach, but that's how it is. Like you, you know, you just humble yourself and start with the word of God, and God's gonna meet you there, and he's gonna take you the rest of the way. But if you are faithful to stay diligent, stay diligent and keep seeking him, he's going to keep seeking you. That's how you get near to God. Read the word. And you can go to SecoraLee.org because I have free resources, too. Um, I have, you know, I would recommend the Crucify Life because there's a prayer um, that covers you from head to toe. And when I was dealing with the spirit of perversion, I had to speak to my body parts by the word of God and say, my eyes are anointed for this. My hands are anointed to lay on people, to heal the sick. Because, y'all, when you're when you've been living in sin for so long, 
your flesh has to be quieted. Your soul has to be quieted. And it's, it's not natural to do that. It's not natural for you to just sit down and adore the Lord. Okay, the book of Romans talks about how people came into, uh, you know, being perverted, being homosexual because they praise things more than God. So people like feel good messages, but at the end of the day, they don't feel good. And it's because you have to have your soul quieted. You have to have peace, you know, in your mind. And that comes from the spirit of God. So it starts real deep on the inside and then it comes out. Okay. <laughs> I love you. Definitely. I love you guys. And um unfortunately we've kind of reached our hour here. Yay! <laughs> I've enjoyed should... you guys. Most definitely. We love to have you all. We'll definitely keep bringing you back on the podcast. Such a pleasure. And you have so much to say, so much that we all could learn from. So you guys definitely be on the lookout to see her again. She did say you could go visit her website. Sacorly.org. Sacorly.org. Make sure you go in there. Make sure you get the book, The Repair of the Beach. You can download it on your, okay, I can't get that in there right. You guys can download it from your phone, so there's no excuse. You can download it on your mobile device through iTunes. Um, you can also follow me on YouTube because I'm doing Operation Freedom right now. So I'm walking through how to break generational curses, how to break the spirit of rejection. And I have like two more. I'm going to do like um, idolatry and a couple of others. So that'll be up soon. Kristen, did anybody have like a question? Was there a question? There weren't any questions. Just some nice okay. people telling us hello. Hi. See. <laughs> um. Hey, Cody. Hey. So yeah, we're happy that you guys tuned in. And if you do have any follow-up questions that you might not have wanted to put in the chat that may have been a little personal or anything like that, feel free to DM Sakura. She'll be more than happy to get back with you whenever she checks in. Now I can't say it'll be. You, no, I would prefer if you email me at sakuralee316 at gmail.com. If you go to my website, you can um email me like, you know, whatever, if it's a prayer request or a question. Um, I want you guys to know that I'm a servant of the Lord and I'm I'm willing to serve anybody. Like if you need prayer or anything like that, um, just feel free to reach out. God bless you all. Jan says she enjoys every, every moment going to dig deeper and read the book again. Oh, you are inspiration, such a wonderful yes. We're going to have you come on the podcast. Yes, that's a good Yes, she would be great. We can bring her on with us. It could be the three of us. Yay, she has so much wisdom. So be on the lookout for your invite, Michigan. Yay. <laughs> uh, she has a question. She said, what is your advice for praying um, for your own children. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so that's that's with uh, that goes to uh, generational curses as well, right? So when I pray for my son, I pray for him as if I'm praying for me. Um, so whatever issues that I see, um, and I I don't really speak all this to my son. The first thing I had to do though was repent for words that I spoke about my son that God didn't say. So if there's anything that you have spoken over your child, even out of anger, like 
you know, saying, oh, you don't listen. Oh, you just don't do this. You know, you want to repent because that'll stop your prayer from being hindered. Um, yeah, that, that's a deep thing. But you want to repent for saying anything that God didn't say first. And then you want to pray for your child as if you're praying for yourself. Um, the same method. So this this technique was so good about it. It's like it applies for everything. It's like once you do it for yourself, you just apply the same thing to your child. And God has promises, you know, for your children. Like they are like arrows in your hands. So you can pray things like, you know, uh, like, you know, ask the Lord to um, make your arrow hit the bullseye every time. And that's your child. You know, there are words you can use the word of God in that way to pray over your child. Like, you know, the Lord said he will lavish his love on a thousand generations. So just go ahead and, and pray that. Lord, I thank you for lavishing your love on a thousand generations. I thank you that my children will honor and obey you and keep your commandments because they love you. So, you know, just go ahead and, and pray over your child like you would pray over yourself. And that's um, for my son. So I had sickle cell anemia disease and God healed me as an adult. And so when God healed me, I knew by faith that he would heal my son because my son was born with some type of heart issue. And I didn't really expose that to a lot of people. I wanted to find out where it came from so that I could break it in Jesus's name. And the same thing that God did for me, I knew that he would do it for my son. So for you mothers that are, you know, honoring the Lord, know that God is going to take care of your child, even if it doesn't look like it. Don't give up on your child because God has already promised you that. Isaiah 54, my children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be their peace. So no matter what the enemy is saying, just always, you know, pray the word of God. Ask God to assign angels to your children. They have angels like we have angels assigned to us. When we're born that, you know, the word of God says in the book of Matthew, Jesus said that the children have angels that report to my father in heaven. You know, they see his face all the time. And so just ask God to send his angels to, you know, keep your kids lifted up in his, in his hand. I would just say, apply the word of God. <laughs> just pray the word. Most definitely. Um, that's kind of one of my things, because you know I have my time with Grant. <laughs> Grant's and a baby person. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> He's, He's a, a baby. here. He runs this household, I promise. But um, I was watching this sermon and this one guy said that he always asks that um, he prays that his children grow up serving God with their whole heart every single day of their life. And I've started praying that over my kids. Um, I pray that they don't make some of the same mistakes that I've made. I just mm -hmm. pray that they're covered and kept from any of that. Um, and you and know, that's what breaking the generational curse is. So like once you whatever curses you break, they are done in your bloodline. And the book walks you through that, too. So like after you break the curse, there's a point that talks about uh, restoration. And there's a part that talks about the family vision. So like once you break the curse, that's when you restore things. You ask, you know, you use the word of God and you restore the things that um, that were broken. You bring you ask God to bring restoration back into those things. And then the family plan and family vision is, you know, you speaking the word that God has given you for your children over them. And you just, you know, keep that thing going because I, I that's in the book, too. Kristen, whenever you get there. <laughs> 
I told y'all it's heavy. Like Miss Jan, I gotta go back and read it again. It's one of those things. <laughs> but what you guys can do that'll definitely help is go on Amazon and leave a review of Yay. the book. Always helpful. Definitely share with a friend. If you need a gift idea for Christmas, buy a book and gift it. Easter, it's it's that time. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> It's lit. You guys should be repenting anyway, focusing on Jesus. So, mm -hmm. most definitely. But there are so many great things that are going to come from both Sakura and myself. So, you guys definitely be on the lookout for what God is doing all around us and what He's going to do through you. So, definitely yes. get this blessing. Mm -hmm. And um, we definitely enjoyed you guys. So, hope you tune in next time. I don't know who I'm going to have. I'm going to have someone. So just <laughs> here. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys.